You're listening to What She Said with Candace Sampson, a podcast for Canadian women about Canadian women. A mansplaining free zone, What She Said is here to empower, educate, and entertain you. Oh man, I feel like I'm really stepping into it today with this podcast, but it's an important topic to tackle so that women can be empowered with knowledge to make informed decisions. With that being said, today we're talking about multi-level marketing schemes or MLMs. MLMs are notorious for selling women in particular a dream of autonomy and financial freedom. They promise flexible working hours, unlimited income potential, and the ability to be your own boss. However, the reality they sell is far from the dream. MLMs rely on a model that focuses on recruiting people to recruit others, and according to the Federal Trade Commission, 99% of recruited sellers actually lose money in MLM venture. And a recent survey found that most people make less than 70 cents an hour before deducting business costs. Yet, MLMs continue to market their products through personal networks and social media platforms, with many women getting messages from friends, family, and barely acquaintances selling everything from essential oils and wine to makeup and clothing. So before we go any further, let me be clear that we are not here to judge anyone who has either purchased from or been on the representative side of an MLM. And in full disclosure, I was caught up in an MLM myself briefly during my divorce. I completely understand the appeal of the promise of financial independence and MLMs know how to tap into that desire. However, my next guest explores the tactics MLMs use to lure women in and the reality of what it's like to participate in one of these schemes and the pain of leaving. So join me as we uncover the truth behind MLMs and their impact on women. Meet Julie Anderson. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm thrilled to have you here. And I want to just give a little bit of backstory about I guess my brief interactions with you, because I first found you on TikTok and you were talking about everything Gen X, which is totally my jam, (laughs) Gen X, obviously. And I thought you were hilarious. But then you took a little bit of a turn in what you were sharing and you started to talk a lot about MLMs and sort of the cult side of that. And I was immediately, I wanted to know more, which is why we are here. So let's start at the beginning. What inspired you to get involved with an MLM? What was the beginning part of that? Beginning part is that I didn't understand the multi-level marketing business model. I'd grown up with my mom purchasing a little bit of Amway products, a little bit of Mary Kay, a little bit of Avon. So I didn't really understand what I was getting into, but I saw, so that was like the background. What got me in was I saw a friend post on Facebook about these really great results that she was having. And I thought, well, I trust her. I've never seen her post anything like this before. I should try these products. And I really like the products. I had a great like experience for me. And then I kept placing orders. And then she said, well, you've placed so many orders, you could become this next level of this membership where you get a discount on these products. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. And then I was trying to find work. I was in between work. I couldn't find a job. 
And that's when the business opportunity was like, this could be a way for me to make some extra money. I'm already using these products. I already love them. People are complimenting me on the results I'm getting. I, this might be a sign. This is a divine sign that I was meant to sell this. And that's how I got, that's how I got. It took about three months for me to move from customer where I was like, I'm never going to be on an auto ship to now I'm full on in selling these products. And that was the next five years of my life. <laughs> so, okay, so let's back up then. So you talked about, you said your mom had bought Avon and Amway. Are those traditional MLM models or are they back in the in the day, I guess, when they were around, were those MLMs? So Amway is, um, I think that I'm not sure about Mary Kay or Avon. I think they switched like recently in the last 10 years to the like now the multi-level marketing business model where the uh, where it's more focused on recruitment rather than just the sell of like selling of products. So that's important. That's an important distinction. Right. And I think that is an important distinction because I sort of looked at this and thought, well, what what does make MLMs MLMs? And it's all about bringing people in and that's how they make their money, right? Yeah, recruitment. And they'll phrase it under all kinds of ways, building your organization, growing your team, if you would like to take your business seriously. Sometimes they say the word recruit, but they are get, catching on that that is a red flag for a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, which leads me to my next question. How are they different from pyramid schemes? So you'll hear a lot of... Uh, different people give you um, different takes on this. And the problem stems from the FTC, like in the States, their like attempt at a definition of what a pyramid scheme is versus what a legitimate multi-level marketing company is. And it goes back, it's, it's not a simple answer. So one of the best resources I could point to any listener that might be interested in learning more about this would be Robert Fitzpatrick's book, Ponzinomics, because this goes back into history. So when Amway first started, they've got ties with the government and presidents, and they have very powerful lobby groups where they give a lot of money to like bolster that this is a legitimate business model. So when there was like this big court case, I think it was 1979, the FTC is investigating Amway and it just fell through. And since then they, they don't have an like a like this one definition of what a pyramid scheme is. If you go on the FTC website, they'll say this is a difference between a pyramid scheme and a legitimate multi-level marketing company. So even when I was in the MLM industry, we would glom on to that saying there this is evidence that there are legitimate multi-level marketing companies out there. But as Robert Fitzpatrick talks about in his book and points out, it's like a unicorn, they don't exist because it's all about recruitment. There's four factors that um, you can identify with any multi-level marketing company, which is like the hallmark of any multi-level marketing company, also a pyramid scheme, endless chain. It's about presenting the business opportunity, constant recruiting. You need to constantly bring people in and it can, well, we're taught and coached that if you just bring two people in and those two people bring two people in, it's not that difficult. Look at how many people are in the world. But there are over a thousand multi-level marketing companies. You're all, you're already competing against each other, and in short order, I think on like Wikipedia they give you an example like a standard of a pyramid scheme. If you recruit five people, those recruit five people. When you get to like the thirteenth or fourteenth level, you've exceeded the population of the Earth. So it's like this blind spot that many people have, myself included, 
that we just discounted that. It just doesn't, that sounds ridiculous. I can, I can recruit some people. My friends like the products. They can recruit their friends too. This is a whole community. It's not, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about the whole population of the earth? This business model is fine. So endless chain, constantly recruiting. Recruiting mandate is the second characteristic where you are paid and incentivized to recruit. And that is every multi-level marketing company. They'll People will say like within, and I did too, you don't need to recruit. You can just sell products, but in order to actually make money, you need to recruit. And those recruits also have to recruit. The third characteristic is pay to play. You have to pay to join. You also have to pay like continuing like with auto ships or a website fee. You need to pay in order to earn those commissions, not unlike a job. But when we're in it, we're said, well, you know what? You don't have any overhead. You're working from home. This would be akin to you paying rent or paying for garbage removal. Like it's really not that, but it that is not right. <laughs> you shouldn't be paying in order to get paid, but that's part of it. There's different requirements to have certain personal volume. They'll have different lingo, group volume and the like. And the fourth characteristic is extreme money transfer. So the bulk of the customers are actually the distributors in multi-level marketing companies. They'll say, um, so you're, they're buying all these products because we love them. A lot of the products are great and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is that the bulk of the sales are happening within that structure, not from outside. And most of those sales, if you do sell something to someone, the cut, the biggest cut of that is going up to the top. So the money in a traditional business model, like, because when you're in multi-level marketing, you're said, you're in a pyramid scheme too. There's a CEO of your company, there's a vice president, there's an executive board, and then there's like the cashiers at the bottom. But you're getting paid for your work regardless. When you're in a multi-level marketing company, you're paying the top. That The money is flowing up as opposed to flowing down. So I hope that answers you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is great. And, and, and clearly you've spent a lot of time doing a deep dive on yeah. this, Julie. I, I mean, I can tell just by what you're sharing. But, you know, I was involved in a multi-level media, uh, sorry, multi-level marketing uh, program, I guess. And and um, I, I don't, I can't think of very many people in my life who haven't got caught up in one at one point or another. So I think before we continue, I think it's really important to, to say that this isn't uh, an exercise in no, shaming. Not at all. Yeah. Women. And specifically women, because it really seems to draw in largely women. But so this is not an exercise in shaming them, but really just a way of informing Absolutely. them. Because another thing you said was you said the products were great. That's yeah. how I got into it. I actually quite liked yes. the product. But then I started to think, why can't I just go get to the store and get this product? Exactly. <laughs> That what you brought up that really good point about it's this is not about shaming women in the multi-level marketing industry it is for any criticism any scrutiny is framed as you shaming women so I since I left and I began I woke up began speaking out had to get therapy had to see a psychologist in order to like speak out and take up more of an activist role once I realized what I'd been a part of and the scope magnitude of what I'd been part of I had recruited people in and I, they had lost money and it had messed with their minds. That emotional and psychological damage has no value. Like there's not like, how do you measure that? It cannot be measured. So when I started speaking out immediately, I'm a you don't support women. 
but the day before when I was still within, it's like you're part of this wonderful community. We love and support you immediately upon exiting. And when you um, are like speaking out, pointing out obvious contradictions, obvious flaws, it's the opposite of empowering women. It is disempowering women when you're in the multi-level marketing industry. And we don't see it when we're in it. We really feel like we are empowered. It's, it's, it's wild. Well, I want to touch on that because I think that's important is what they do is they create community and yeah. women love community. We are social creatures. And so that feeling of being a part of something bigger than ourselves is almost the draw of them, I think. Yes. And it's um, it feels real. It feels real until you leave and then you realize that the relationships they were transactional it was all based on what you could do for the company for the up for your upline these friends that were like we will be friends forever i am so happy and grateful i met all these people i posted this kind of thing on facebook and instagram i i thought this was i thought people i really did think that criticism were haters. I couldn't even take in any kind of content that was pointing out obvious flaws. Look at your company's income disclosure statement. How can there be 96% of people in your company that are only making $22 a year and that's before expenses? And yet you have the bulk of those people that are the most adamant like defenders of the business model. It's messing with people's minds and, and using, luring women in, predominantly women, under the guise of community and empowerment sisterhood it's so bad it's so toxic you also though had a bit of a double whammy here because you were oh, involved yeah. <laughs> well i think that's where this story takes a little bit of a turn and i think it's important for people <laughs> to know because you so you were involved with an mlm but then you were involved with a group that helps people in mlms or is purports to help people in mlms be better what salespeople, boss babes, like what's sort of the mission of those groups or this group in particular you were in? Yes. So this is the multi-level marketing coaching industry now, which is not regulated. It operates in the shadows and it is feeding off the multi-level marketing industry. It's a lot of people that become these coaches were in multi-level marketing companies themselves. Maybe they reached the top of their compensation plan and they realized that they couldn't make as much money as they as they could if they just got out and began coaching other network marketers, that's another word for multi-level marketing, to grow their network marketing business. They will provide you scripts to use, cold prospecting scripts, random messages on Facebook, um, warm market, hot market scripts, how to do Facebook live videos, how to create content, how to market your business, and most important of all, the interminable, never-ending um, work on your mindset and personal development courses. And that's where it gets really dark. The group I was a part of um, was on Facebook. It's still in a, it's still around. The um, membership has declined. I've been really vocal about speaking out about this. First on TikTok because that was, I felt safer there uh, because I had a bigger platform than the people within the group. And, um, and then I moved and then I've been like speaking out all over. So the whole point of this group is that it is to help you grow your network marketing business that you are going to show up differently, unlike other people in network marketing, all companies. This is for people that have integrity. They want to change the industry. There's a lot of things they don't like about it. 
but you know, you're going to join this group and you're going to get coaching. There will be daily live video trainings in this group and you can purchase a lot, an interminable supply of courses and challenges and coaching, which I also purchased. Personal coaching that I was paying $800 US a month to multi-level marketing coaches that they have no coaching certification. And these coaches aren't even at the top of their own multi-level marketing companies. And so that's this whole other double, like you said, like a double whammy. And why this is so dangerous and I want to like speak about this is because um, and it's my opinion that all multi-level marketing companies and their commercial cults, you have people that are absolutely fanatical about the products you've been getting in at a customer level and they'll be like, but I'm just um, supporting my friend. And there's, it's like they're already tainted by this, this strange um, adherence to this product. And it's like you wouldn't be talking about this about any other product only with multi-level marketing. So you like the product, you like the community, you're drawn in. But the group I was a part of now, this is all about one man. And we're all, there's 16,000 of us in this group from all around the world, from all different multi-level marketing companies. And it was all directed to one man, wanting his approval, doing what he says. That's where it's really, it's really messed. It really messed with me. And it's taken me about a year of, um, I'm like, I'm still gonna be healing and speaking out. But now, like I feel really, like I feel a lot stronger. I've been making, I'm on YouTube now making videos pointing out exactly the contradictions in that so so let's can we say the group name yeah absolutely i didn't i wanted to do it out of respect so it's rank makers and it's run by the higdon group primarily ray higdon okay so i want to talk about the experience then for people leaving an mlm so my experience leaving was very like uneventful because I never really got into it. So I would say I was probably the lowest rung person. My exit affected nobody. It was cool, right? But I think as you get higher up, exiting becomes harder. Is that true? That can be true. And this is a really good point that you brought up because everybody involved in a high control group does not have the same experience. And so it can be difficult for people that are in think well i never had that experience i never experienced abuse therefore it doesn't exist or if you're like on the periphery as a customer or maybe you even became a distributor but you never really got into it it just was like you were in and out and it it doesn't it doesn't really matter there are people that do get higher up and that they they believe we all believe but there are people most of the people over 99 percent of people are losing money that is a fact that is a statistic like put out by the ftc across the multi-level marketing industry they are losing money and they have to lose money in order for the business model to work because of that extreme money transfer that one characteristic that robert fitzpatrick talks about in his book so most most people are at the bottom, but you'll have a phenomenon called MLM hopping, which it's it's like it's cult hopping. That's the actual what's going on. They'll think, well, I I just was in the wrong company. I got in at the wrong time. I need to get in at pre-launch. I need to get in. You know, this community, they were mean to me. I thought they were my friends. And then as soon as I started to question that the website always seemed to be down when there was a flash sale or they ran out of products, my upline started to make content about me. So, you know, there's something wrong with me. That's that's the common denominator. Like if you're in at, at if you if you stay in, if you even get in beyond like what you were in, it's you're going to be exposed to that, that everything 
that you have an issue with is it's your fault. So they think that there's something wrong with them, not the business model. And they will go from company to company to company and always just chasing like, I just have to take this other course. I just have to work harder. It sounds like an abusive relationship. As you're describing this. That's what my psychologist said. It's the same. Yeah, it sounds abusive. And it's like cult, cult of one. Yeah. Uh, Yanya Lalich and Madeline Tobias, they wrote a book called Take Back Your Life. And it, the abusive relationships are referred to as a cult of one. Women are listening to this right now. I am sure they are. And we're going to have, you know, people listening who are currently involved in an MLM who are maybe will start to question some of the things you're saying or perhaps they're going to immediately go into you know defensive mode because you know this may feel like an attack what would you say to those people who think this is an attack okay I'd like to say to you thank you so much for even listening this far and I know that it feels like an attack I know that when I began to question things and I could see contradictions I couldn't hear what people were saying. I couldn't, I felt like everybody was so angry and hateful. And I remember trying to listen to people speak out and it felt like a brick wall was coming down in my mind. And it scared me because I wanted to hear, but at the same time, I I couldn't hear past the this brick wall. And I really felt like people were so furious and hateful. That's the best word that I can use to describe it. So. The process for me waking up, it took me a year and a half of questioning and I had a lot of things happen to me personally in order for me to continue to question each person's way they exit is going to be different. And But if you are listening to this and you're feeling um, under attack, I get it. I felt the same way and I just want you to know that there is nothing wrong with your mindset. That you are perfect exactly as you are that it's okay to love your products, that you can take in additional information. And if someone is making you feel bad about taking in additional information, it's worth it to just lean into that discomfort. That's what we're taught about in multi-level marketing. Get uncomfortable. You need to get uncomfortable to grow. That's one of our superpowers. And I would encourage you to continue to take in additional information and lean into that discomfort zone. Nobody there's not hate out here. This is a true concern of people who have been in and who have had a lot of damage, psychological, emotional damage that it's not being, um, there's shame attached to leaving and shame attached to speaking out. And we're, we're here trying to speak out to warn you and to encourage you to, to keep critically thinking. Do you think there's any hope for multi-level marketing? Could it become, is there a way it could become transparent and ethical? Uh, no. Or is it just totally just sour? And this is, yeah, it's the reason why, this is interesting. So they have this conference every year. It's virtual. It's called MLM Conference. And it's put on, it's by, it's like anti-multi-level marketing, but it's called Multi-Level Marketing Conference. And they have a variety of academics and researchers and activists that will go on and they will do presentations. Douglas Brooks, um, who is this lawyer who is like, prosecuted so many of these um, FTC investigations, stuff like that. Um, Robert Fitzpatrick, Stephen Hassan was on last year. He's a cult expert. He's talked about the bite model, behavior information, thought, emotional control. So one of the presenters at this, um, one of the researchers 
I think her name is Stacy Bolsley, and she showed that the business model encourages this type of behavior, like this um, this toxic behavior. So, in a normal business, you have like everything is contained within the organization. So you do have the, your CEO, your vice president, and all that, all the way down to the workers. But in a multi-level marketing company, you have a, you have the company where people are working nine to five. You have the CEO. You have the the warehouse people. But then outside of that, you have you have the pyramid scheme. So you have, or you could just say your compensation plan. You have the people, your uplines at the top, the founders who got in at pre-launch. You have the other people, you know, it, it goes down. So what happens is the company will give you advice or um, they'll say, you know, talk about this product in this way. And the uplines, the, the rest of the people that are within this multi-level marketing structure, they run wild, but the company is not held like accountable because they can say, well, it's not on our website, but they've told like, there's this like two organizations existing at kind of at once, but one is kind of unregulated, you know, they can kind of do whatever they want. So this behavior, it's, you have to recruit people. It's based on deception. The multi-level marketing industry is based on deception. And that's why there's no hope because in order for it to not be deceptive, <laughs> they would have to disclose that it is 99% of people will lose and has have to lose in order for the very few percentage of people at the top. And it's less than 1%. Um, there's a good movie, Betting on Zero, about Herbalife. And if you look at any company's income disclosure statement, it's just a snapshot of a year. It doesn't take into account the churn rate. We have like 50 to 80% of people each year that are just churning through. They signed up for one multi-level marketing company and then they they quit and then they sign up and they quit. So if you factor in that churn rate, it's the actual, it's 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 almost like an ad, like a zero percent that is actually making a lot of money at the, at the top of these things. So you said, you know, in order for the system to work, you have to lose. Did you lose? Absolutely. Yeah. But I would have argued with you that I was investing in my future. I would have argued with you that this um, additional coaching that I was uh, paying for through rank makers was improving my mindset. And this, these didn't even count as expenses. I was going to be buying these products anyway. Even when I had a bookshelf loaded with products behind me, I would have said, I am not inventory loading. This was just a sale. I love them so much. I would be purchasing them regardless. I'm just getting a better discount. I did never I never did do a profit and loss statement. Nobody does within the multi-level marketing industry. When I was taking that additional coaching, I was never not one of us was ever taught or encouraged to do a profit and loss statement because then you would see that you're losing, you're hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. So tell me then, you exited and your your exit was quite toxic and harmful. What were some of the things that happened to you as you tried to exit this business? So um, I had started to take in additional content and I realized that I needed, uh, it wasn't enough for me to met my, let my distributor status lapse. I needed to send an email in and get out. And I couldn't understand before why people would do that. I thought, what's the big deal? Just let it lapse. But the more I learned what I had been a part of, ethically, I needed to get out. And also I felt an ethical obligation to speak out right away. And I didn't seek therapy right away because I thought I had figured it out. I realized I'd woken up, I had seen what I had been part of, 
and I could see it. I had hurt other people. I saw how other people were being taken advantage of and scammed. I'm like, I have to speak out right away. So I started speaking out on TikTok because that was, I had more of a platform there. I felt safer to do that. And I thought, well, I'm going to create content and in all kinds of ways. Cause you know, TikTok is amazing. You can just do whatever you want. Right. And so I started making content there and right away I got like people from all over the network marketing industry, from all different types of companies, spamming my comments, calling me a hater, calling me uh, uh, toxic, um, all these names. I had to go in and delete comments, block people. Um, but the worst came from was when I started to speak out against rank makers. And I had the men of that group. And a lot of these men that were at the top of their multi-level marketing companies, they came after me in my DMs. Um, I have posted on Facebook at this time. I had to delete, I was deleting comments and blocking people every day. It was vicious. And the leader of the group continues to make content about me. This has been going on since 2021. And I had, was still like um, March 15th, 2021 was like one of the first videos where I was like, He's made about me in the group, not mentioning my name, but everybody knows because this is what happens in a high control group. And then when I left, it just, it kept happening. So I've had content made about me, continually made about me. I've had people harass me uh, virtually, sending me messages, um, leaving nasty comments. I never behaved like this when I was within the multi-level marketing industry. I was surprised. I was like, holy, holy smokes, this is really happening. So I had to become really ruthless with my boundaries and I started like swearing, like like I use it like a flamethrower just to like blast away any anybody that's in multi-level marketing, <laughs> like stay away from my content. And it's been, and my goal was to keep creating, help to create safe spaces on social media for others to speak out because our voices have been drowned out by people still within that still believe and still think that everybody, all criticism is hate yet they come in en masse and will not leave you alone and harass you and they don't see their behavior as contradictory. So I'm like, no, you have enough, you have your space. It is time for more social, like safe spaces on social media. And there's more and more creators out there that are speaking out, people that have left their multi-level marketing companies speaking out across social media platforms. So that was the big part, like, oof. I imagine, you know, we all, it's almost, um, comical really because it's become like a bit of a joke you know yeah. when a boss babe slips into your dm hey girl and yeah. you know <laughs> or sends you a message on facebook like your high school person that you maybe spoke to once uh slides into your dm like they're your bestie yeah. i think the automatic reaction is we want to you know i feel like we want to almost be no thank you, maybe rude, maybe push back, but is that the best way to reply to somebody like that? What's the best way to answer that so that it's compassionate but shuts it down? No. Anything else? Anything else? I would especially me if you were coached like I was coached in rank makers, we were coached to follow up until they die. That was that's what we were coached to do. So we had a 4-day follow-up, a 30-day follow-up, a 60-day follow-up, a 90-day follow-up. We had like, people had spreadsheets, journals where we would write information down, find um, find you on Facebook, add you to a special drip list where we would like track out like, okay, I commented on your post about your daughter or your dog. 
and now I'm going to wait a week and I'm going to do it again. It's like the best way to, is no. And it's if you say anything like, no, um, I'm, I don't have the money right now or no, it's not for me or no, I don't support the multi-level marketing industry. You are, you're now opening in conversation. Our goal in prospecting is to get you in conversation. It's not to recruit you right away. So if you respond at all, there's going to be, they're going to respond to you with another question. Well, my company isn't a multi-level marketing company. Mine's affiliate marketing, even though it's not affiliate marketing or we're social selling, we're social sharing. This isn't, why would you say this? Did you have a bad experience in your past? There's going to look for any opening. The best way is no. And that's it. No is a complete sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little surprised that you said that. I, yeah. I would have thought you would have said, oh, you know, you could soften the blow or, you know, but uh, so the answer is no. And you've heard yeah. it here first, people. That's the only way to reply <laughs> to these DMs is it wouldn't a have stopped me. no. Yeah, I now, would have kept going because that's what I was coached to do. I'm curious, did you, did you get, like, did people unfriend you? Did you receive mean messages? How did this, that must be quite a beating on your, your self-worth if people yes. come back at you. Oh, yeah, it was. It was really bad. And, um, like, when I left the multi-level marketing industry, because I lost friends as well, I did, and I hope that they get out one day. I know, I like to think that they will. I, I have to think that they will. But it, it did, it really took a toll on my mental health. And it was um, that coupled with the realization of what I had been a part of, that's, it was about four months after I had started speaking out that I realized I'm like, I need help with this. I don't even know how to process what I'd been part of because I had recruited people into my multi-level marketing company. I had recruited people into this coaching group. Meanwhile, I went, I spent three and a half years of my life going, live every single day on Facebook without missing a day. I was coached to talk about my trauma on Facebook lives, emotionally manipulating people to recruit them to my multi-level marketing company. And then the people I recruited, of course, they followed suit. They did what I did. So I'm like, all these things, all these realizations, like I can't even handle this. And I had, that's when I went to see a psychologist and I asked like, have, do you have familiarity with cults? Do you support the multi-level marketing industry? And I should have gone into therapy right away. And I want to emphasize that anybody that is leaving, just because you leave and you think you have it figured out, just watch out. Especially if you've been involved in a coaching group like I have, it's just because you've left doesn't mean that you've healed. Healing takes time. If people are listening to you today and you know they're maybe seeing some of the things they failed to see before and they want to leave. Yeah. What should they do? What would be the first steps? Okay. The first step I would say is to just quietly start backing away and removing yourself. I would be very cautious. Um, do not tell your upline. Don't be initiating conversation with with people that you think might be your best friends, unless maybe you've already talked about, like maybe you should exit together. I'd be very cautious because people will flip like a light switch. So what I would recommend is depending on how deep you're in, like if you have a lot of customers, you could um, you could just be like, not post as much in your customer group. Maybe, you know, you, you just delete the customer group. You start um, 
removing yourself from some of the team groups. There's a lot of groups I was added into in Facebook. Um, just when I became into my multi-level marketing company, there was my uplines group and my uplines, uplines group. And it went, it kept going uplines, uplines, uplines group, not an exaggeration all the way up to the founder, like one of the, the first market partner, the first distributor that was, was into the multi-level marketing company I was part of. And then there was all the company groups as well, all, all on Facebook. So I began, that might be something good too, just to start slowly removing yourself. And then if you if you do have customers, you could just send them a message or send like do a post in your group if you have a private group and say I'm gonna you know be backing away from this. I would not offer any explanations to uplines because they will come for you. Just and be prepared for um, people to try to lure you back in using shame, insult, guilt. Just stay two more months. You told me your why. You told me that you wanted to put, you know, your son through college and take him on this vacation. What are you going to do? What is the alternative? They're going to use all these tools to try to get you to stay. So I'd also encourage people to start reading Combating Cult Mind Control by Stephen Hassan. That is a really powerful book. And to even they could go online and look at his website, um, Freedom of Mind, and look at the bite model behavior, information, thought, emotional control, and look at what, you know, what it, it's going to help them exit to start formulating a plan, how they can just start backing away and removing themselves. And then it's, it's, and just to know that it could be very hostile. You could lose a lot of friendships when you are, when you do get removed, but you're not alone. There's a lot of people on the other side of this that have left from all different companies. There's quite the community, like the movement out there now on social media, so um, you're, you're not alone. Uh, have you reached out to support groups? Um, not support groups, but like just kind of people with it, like on social media. So I have like a, like part of like a YouTube community now just because I began uh, making content, some creators on TikTok that were following me when I was still within my multi-level marketing company. Then like I saw that they were, I'm like, how did you leave multi-level marketing? I, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like they were a hater. We've connected and become friends. So um, there have been two people that were within my uh, rank makers. One was my coach, one of my coaches in the 100K Inner Circle coaching. She exited. She had sent me a message on TikTok and was like, I'm working on my exit strategy. And I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, oh yes, she's getting out. And another friend of mine in that group, they both left. And we are, so we are, we're like our own little support group. So it's powerful because the three of us had high visibility in that group and we were like made targets and we still are. So we, we have like that, there's like that support group, but that doesn't happen with a lot of people. When you leave your multi-level marketing company, you can feel very isolated. You, you are siloed from the other members. Even when you're in it, you think, oh, we're part of this great community. We feel so amazing together, but yet nobody can talk about anything negative or have any doubts. So when you leave, it's just amplified that feeling of isolation. A lot of companies, I want to flip it over to the consumers for a second, people who are not um, involved in MLMs, but are buying these products. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think they should stop? Is this one of those things like we should just stop buying from MLMs altogether? And, you know, as we said, some of these products are good. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah. I would, um, I don't recommend buying the products. There's a lot of good dupes out there and I know the products are amazing. I know there's really great, I've purchased like makeup and skincare and hair care, like, and there's like kitchenware too. It's like, there are really good products. 
they should just sell it. The reason why you shouldn't sell it, there's like, I'll give you a couple of reasons, is to think about how you are participating in a commercial cult. You are, and the tentacles of that are already affecting, can already be affecting you without you realizing it. So say you're supporting your niece that is selling whatever, whatever products. She thinks, she, you're like, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just supporting her. You're not actually supporting her. You would be better off just giving her $20 or $25. If you're purchasing something for $25, she's getting maybe 15% of that or less, and the rest is going up to the top. It's not actually supporting her. And what's more harmful and dangerous is that you're feeding in and giving into the, the delusion that her success at having a business, a small business, this home-based business is possible by continuing to purchase. It's enabling the delusion. And if she gets in, if she starts taking it seriously, you know, that's what we're taught. You need to take this business seriously. Goes to her company convention, maybe decides I need additional coaching because I'm just not ranking up. There must be something wrong with my mindset. I should join this group rank makers. They've got, he's teaching me. He's out here doing this free coaching Friday. He's giving me amazing advice. You know what? I'm gonna pay $25 an extra a month join this and I'm going to purchase his courses and maybe get pay $800 a month US for coaching to work on my mindset. This is where it can go. And it's when you're on the outside, it's like, it's really not that big a deal. Like I'm just buying this product. I really like it. So I'm hoping that, you know, through having more conversations like this, people realize that this goes beyond just liking a product that if you're already so adamant that the product is so good that you need to keep buying it like you are tainted by the cult attitude because there's this thing that Stephen Hassan talks about called cult phobia that what happens when you leave the cult and it's like products you can't find another product like this anywhere else in the world only through this multi-level marketing company so if you're you know if there's already that I kind of want to introduce that concept for people too so yeah I, I believe that you shouldn't in my opinion I think the other thing is there's some confusion over what is an MLM and what is it. I mean, let's face it, if you go to these businesses uh, or these companies' websites, they don't scream MLM from you from the home page. In fact, they almost push back against it and will throw a bunch of confusing language at you that they are not that. How do we know for sure? Is there somewhere we can go? You did mention a Reddit page to me uh, in a prior conversation. Is that a good source? That's a good source, anti-MLM Reddit. Also go right to the source, Direct Selling Association. They like to call themselves direct selling. However, that's an incorrect use of the term because direct selling doesn't have recruitment of other people to then recruit other people, sell the opportunity, the dream to obtain time and financial freedom. That's not direct selling, but all of these companies are in, uh, most of them belong to the Direct Selling Association. So they could go to the DSA website and just see what companies are there. And you'll see all these companies that say that they're not multi-level marketing companies, they're direct selling. (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) All right, excellent. Uh, Okay, Julie, uh, I guess in closing, I think I wanna just ask, do you feel that there is a shift happening against MLMs that we've not seen previously? Or is it just because, you know, you're talking about it more, we're maybe seeing more about it. Do you think that this will be a trend that continues to grow or something that's going to maybe potentially go away? I think it's a shift and it is growing. And 
What's funny is that the multi-level marketing industry, the direct selling industry, whatever you want to call it, it's preyed upon women, women's empowerment, a community that a lot of people want. But it's that very thing that is like is their undoing because we want connection and we want freedom and we want the truth and we help each other. We get into this to like help people. And when you remove the, the filter, you remove the indoctrination, you remove the transactional aspect of it. It's just, it's just pure love, pure helping people. And there's more and more people now that are speaking out because they feel safe to do so. They don't, they're not getting as much pushback because there's more people out there that are like, you're not alone in this. These are obvious flaws. There's also, um, I mean, this has also been mainstreamed, this anti-MLM discussion. Dr. Phil just had an episode not that long ago slagging multi-level marketing, which is a big deal. Whether, you know, whatever your feelings are about Dr. Phil, Phil. If, it, if it's on Dr. <laughs> Phil, like that's mainstream. Yeah. So it's going to keep going, you know. Um, people that are speaking out, it's just people are doing more interviews. Um, there's different podcasts now out there. It's and the multi-level marketing, the direct selling industry is hurting, particularly from like trying to get Gen Z, the younger generation, because and they've written this on their website. So and um, recruitment is they're they're struggling. The entire industry is struggling. They're making a lot of money still, but it'll take time. But I believe there is an absolute shift. Excellent. Well, in large part, I think we can we can thank you. Uh, you know, you, you're doing your part to inform and and educate people, which is so important because oftentimes it's it is hard to tell. And I think the more we know, the better we are. So uh, I want people to be able to follow you because you continue to share. You continue to talk about this. Where is the best place to keep up with you? Primarily on TikTok, but I, I am now on um, YouTube. I'm doing a lot of videos, sharing my experiences, um, uh, doing interviews with other people who are in Rank Makers and pointing out contradictions, like showing a video and then saying, this is the contradiction, this is why, this is how I was c controlled, this is how other people behaved. So um, YouTube is also a good place. I'm on Instagram too, so any of those three. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to put uh, all of those channels plus the link to the anti-MLM Reddit, uh, the Direct Sellers Association. We're going to put a link in for the book you recommended. Uh, we'll do all of this for people so they can, uh, you know, inform themselves and, and move forward. So I can't thank you enough for joining me today, Julie. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. 
Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.